Got an issue you just can't fix? On the fence about what direction you should take? Been wrestling with a situation that's out of control? Let's take it out of the too, too hard, hard basket. basket. Now, on the face of it, getting an apology email from an estranged relative seems like a good thing. But what if you don't want to revisit history? How should you respond? Do you even need to? Our two hard basketeers are comedian, celebrant, and co-host of China Tonight on ABC TV, Annie Louie. Hi, Annie. Hey, morning. And Simon Kennedy, dual ethical counsellor at the Ethics Centre. Hi, Simon. G'day. Hi, Beverly. So before we get into the full specifics of this dilemma, Annie, when I say late apology from a strange relative, what do you say? I say... Are you talking about yourself? Because I feel like <laughs> I feel like I've been invited on the program because you might be like, oh yeah, come on in, Annie. I haven't seen you in a long time. I'm very sorry. I was oh, you're about to apologize. We're then. clearly not related. But We're not yeah, related. No. <laughs> no, but I've never received an apology from a friend or relative. To be honest, I don't know if that just means I'm a good person or nice all the time. But it's never happened to me. The only close example I can think of is when I had a family friend who was involved in pyramid scheming, and then they got cut from the family, oh, and now、wow. they've come back. Okay, so let's. <laughs> Get into that in a second, Simon. Late apology from an estranged relative. Can you relate? Oh, absolutely. I, I come from a, a very big family myself, both in terms of my immediate family and sort of、um, broader extended family.、Um, I can't say I've actually been directly yeah, similar to Annie, like in that situation of having a, an apology. But definitely, the dramas and dynamics of big families is is a very familiar scenario. Absolutely. So let's get into it. This one comes from Sadie. Sadie writes: I recently got an email apology from an estranged relative. We grew up together because our families were close and socialized a lot, but lost touch in adulthood, mainly because the relative mostly cut ties with their immediate family, which has always been extremely dysfunctional. I've only met this relative intermittently over the past twenty years at big family events and the few occasions when they've decided to visit. The last time I remember communicating with them, they accused me of not thanking them for a gift they claimed to have sent me, but which I don't recall receiving. Needless to say, it got pretty petty and left a bad taste in my mouth. Now, in what seems to be part of a twelve-step recovery program, this relative has emailed me out of the blue, apologizing for the pain they caused over the years. The thing is, even their apology feels off. It's clear we have very different memories of what happened during our childhood years. I don't miss this person. I don't really care about having a relationship with them after all these years, even if they're family. Am I obliged to respond? Re- reply out of respect for their process, and if I do reply, how do I acknowledge their words while making it clear I am not interested in renewing contact? That's a doozy,、um, Annie Louie. You you alluded to a similar story, something about vitamins. Yes,、yeah, so I had a family friend that we caught up with after a long time, and we went to some yamcha, went back to their place, and then suddenly we were given a lot of supplements and a lot of books and. My mum was in not interested. Party. Yeah, basically, that just involved my family. So over time, we kind of drifted a bit, and I think they got the message that it was, you know, the, the relationship was on the line. It was about to about to break because each time you have conversations with them, the only thing they talk about is their 
business. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, but because we come from an Asian background, my mum couldn't outright say we don't want to have contact with you anymore. So it uh, nowadays we still catch up and have let them back in, but uh, we make sure to still compliment her on being a very good entrepreneur. My mum's like, never say anything offensive, you know, make sure you ask if the business is going well and uh, you're very successful. So yeah, I feel like we have to be really subtle in um, my family about things like that. So we never outright cut anybody off. Wow. And I would be giving them a second chance and maybe going for coffee and seeing if I can get a gut feeling about whether or not they're genuine. Um, Simon, Sadie is asking about um, an obligation to reply to an estranged relative uh, mm. with your ethical hat on. What do you say? Well, I think this dilemma um, really highlights why with the ethical process, we don't tell people what they should do. We don't tell people what is the ethical thing, but we try and we help them find, you know, find out for themselves or figure out for themselves. But because in this case, you know, Sadie says, well, am I obliged to reply, which in ethical terms, really, that translates to us is a question around duty. You know, do I have a duty to reply? And I think Annie's comments there really highlight that for some people, there would be a strong sense of duty based on that sense of family. You know, this person is family, regardless of what's happened in the past. I have a duty to be reasonable, to, you know, to turn the other cheek, if you like. So they, there can be a question of, of duty there for some people. Whereas a, other, another person might say, well, look, this is, the, this is her process or the family member's process. This is their, uh, you know, their decision. I have a right to decide how or if I respond. You know, it's it's you know we're both free, you know, free agents and free individuals capable of exercising our own decisions. Annie, what were the aspects of Sadie's message, the details that were included that jumped out as you as possible, you know, red flags or what made you think, oh, raise your eyebrows and like, oh, why is that detail included? Yeah, I think the part about I'm suspicious that it could be a 12 step program. Like, yeah. where can you go to do that? That kind of like lengthy type of therapy. And it makes me think that what would my therapist say in this situation? And I think in Australian culture, if you I'll read a lot of psychology books. It's all about boundaries, setting boundaries. So I think I'm trying to learn that a bit more, that maybe they already have the answer in the question itself, that they are capable of setting up boundaries because they do feel comfortable saying, I don't want to be in contact with this person anymore. So uh, the fact that it's possibly part of some kind of recovery process for the other person, how much should that weigh on what Sadie does. Simon, you talked about duty. You know, if this is part of a recovery mm. process, does Sadie have a responsibility there if, if, if this person is being rehabilitated in some way? We don't know for sure. It's just a suspicion to respond to that aspect. Well, I think for me, you know, certainly, you know, some again, some people would look at that and say, well, given that there is some kind of rehab or a sort of a vulnerability um, engaged, then that would change the dynamics of how you would think about duty. But also, um, again, in terms of the sort of ethical discussion, another way of approaching this for Sadie might be to think about in terms of virtues of, <clears throat> pardon me, values. So it's not just about duties, but, you know, what sort of values or virtues are important to Sadie and, you know, reflecting that in her choice. So, you know, if care and compassion and values like that are really important for her, such that, you know, the well-being of this family member is something she wants to try and support regardless of the history, 
then certainly I think that would translate to sort of trying to respond or reply in some way, you know, even if there isn't a sense that there's a duty to do so, but just out of that sense of, um, you know, care. Annie, you said you've never received an apology. Never. Does that mean I'm just somebody that they, people don't apologise to? Maybe, yeah. Um, I really agree with that advice, though, about the values. I'm always thinking back whenever I have a decision to make, I go back to what are my values because everyone has like a top five. So if you go and assess it by, okay, for instance, honesty is one of my top values. And if this person is being honest with me and really genuinely trying to change, then that's why I would give them another chance. If you were on the receiving end of this letter, say you, you finally get an apology. Thank you for sending me an apology. How would you how would you be reacting to it? I love being right. I'm, I would be so <laughs> smug. I'd be on cloud nine for like weeks. And maybe it, I don't even need to meet up with them. That's already enough for me. <laughs> I'm glad it was good for you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, in terms of the quality of the apology, Simon, Sadie sees it mm. seems off. Mm. How relevant yeah. does it mean? Is it that the it seems off because the effort has been put out there? Mm. Oh, look, I think that is relevant because again, in terms of what um, Annie's just said herself, that that sense of of someone, you know, those values, you know, and honesty being an important value. So, if honesty is an important value for Sadie, um, then you know, the fact that even that there sounds like there's been a history of, you know, questionable honesty, you know, in some of the interactions of the past. And if even this apology seems a bit sort of dodgy in terms of is it authentic, is it really genuine, then even though sort of, you know, on one, you know, so that honesty in that case might lead, let's say, to say, look, you know what, this doesn't seem real or authentic. So even though I really do sort of value that sort of honesty in some way, it, it, it doesn't quite really get there. On Facebook, this dilemma has gotten a lot of comments and some people have even written in with some suggested wording. Just for example, Tracy says, Dear ex, thank you for your apology. I'm glad to hear uh, and hope that things have worked out for you. To be honest, I've moved on with my life and resuming contact is not something that I would be keen on. I wish you all the best. Amna says, this this, this uh, suggested wording, I appreciate you taking time to write this email and wish you luck on your journey. I want to turn the tables now on you, Annie and Simon, and say, let's say you're in Sadie's position and you have decided to write. Annie, what would you write back? That is some beautiful wording there. I don't think I could come up with anything better because it is like wishing you all the best is just the greatest way to end an email. You know, I want good for you. Um, and to be honest, I would still meet up with them for coffee because I want to play on my intuition. I'm very intuitive. So I would have an answer <laughs> immediately. Like the way they're walking into the cafe, I'm like, nah, you're cut. Or like, so I'd give them a chance. But I think those those wordings, just copy paste that. What about an you know, email? You know, Do you go with regards? Do you go with kind regards? Do you I'm a warm best... regards person. Yeah, warm regards. Is it too um, warm though in this situation? No, you just got to lie a little bit sometimes, you know. I'm a Gemini, I'm very two-faced. So. <laughs> Wishing you the best, even if I'm not. And I'll meet up for you, with you for coffee, but I don't forgive you. I just want to see what you're like now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, I love that. Simon, how about you? What would you write and how would you sign it off? XOXO? Yeah. Uh, well, I... Um Look, I think, again, the wording that some of those listeners have suggested is perfect. I think it is perfectly reasonable uh, for Sadie to respond but make it clear 
you know, that there's no, she's not interested in, you know, renewing any sort of ongoing relationship. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think I could add anything to the, the wording that was offered there. Um, what was the next part of your question? Sorry. <laughs> no, I think that was it. I was I was asking you simply to uh, basically ghostwrite an email on behalf of Sadie. Oh, I yes, think yes. I, I think you did that. And I, and I would say, look, certainly, you know, if it was me, and again, with the big family thing, I'm a bit like um, Annie in the sense that with, you know, with big family, I think you do get used to rolling with the punches a bit, you know, and, and just stuff happens and you move on. And and, um, and so I, I would sort of certainly re respond um, uh, without necessarily looking to make a long-term relationship out of it. That's Simon Kennedy Jewell. He's a counsellor at Ethicol. It's an independent helpline. You can book a free call by visiting ethi-call.com. And his co-basketeer is the comedian, celebrate and co-host of China Tonight on ABC TV, Annie Louie. And you can share a problem from your too hard basket by emailing lifematters at abc.net.au. Put too hard basket in the subject line. We will get onto it. Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.